Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome back to our uh, talk on uh, pancreatic tumors. And let's pick it up here where we look at the patient's uh, spen tumor. This is a great tumor, one of my favorite tumors, solid pseudopapillary neoplasm of the pancreas. I remember it well because when I was on the RSNA film panel a number of years ago, that was one of my two cases. It's an unusual tumor. One to two percent of exocrine pancreatic tumors is nearly always women and usually women who are in their teens and early 20s. If resected, it's a five-year survival up to 95 to 100 percent. Occasionally, patients will develop recurrence and occasionally people will develop liver metastasis. Key things about this tumor, about 30% contain calcification, occasionally they can bleed, and obstruction of the pancreatic duct or common duct is indeed rare. Here's the lesion, smooth off the tail of the pancreas, more common in the distal aspect of the gland. Here it is again, sort of solid, and you could say, could this be a cystic um, MCN or some other cystic tumor, I think it could be. I think a key thing here is the patient was 19 years of age. That makes it very simple. You tell me the patient's 19 has a pancreatic mass and has not pancreatitis from drinking too much or something like that or trauma, then I'm telling you it's a spend tumor until proven otherwise. These lesions can be very smooth and very well-defined. And you can see that lesion in this case, very smooth, very well-defined, somewhat cystic, somewhat solid with no dilated pancreatic duct and no dilated common duct present either. It is one of the classic tumors to calcify, and the calcification can be variable. Here is a large spend tumor with the calcification on the periphery of the lesion. And here is a spend tumor with cystic and solid components with more of a spotty type calcification. And here's a large spend tumor with dense central calcifications. Again, you would have even thought about serous cyst adenoma, which has dense central calcifications. This is a bit more solid, but it can be confusing. And again, notice, despite the size of this mass, vessels are displaced, they're not invaded, and there's no common duct or pancreatic duct dilatation. So a very unusual tumor, but something that you could hit a home run on. Young patient, you can make the diagnosis. Once in a while, I've seen them in 50 years old, well, not so easy. Another tumor in the cystic category is lymphoepithelial cyst. This is a rare tumor that we see about four or five a year. It's an important diagnosis because it's a benign lesion, and if you make the diagnosis, you could leave it alone. Key thing about this lesion, it often projects off the gland rather than being within the gland. Often projects other and looks like other cystic pancreatic lesions, or looks like a cystic lesion abutting the pancreas. Sometimes these are resected because no one's certain what they are, and often these patients develop incredibly bad pancreatitis. So if you can make the diagnosis, it's a leave-alone lesion. It's more common in men by 4 to 1, and age range is wide, but mean age of diagnosis is 56. They're usually incidental findings or may be associated with vague abdominal symptoms, probably not related to the pancreas at all. They can be multilocular, bilocular, or unilocular. And I tend to see the unilocular ones more frequently, though the, bi, the multilocular tend to be very thin septations. Size range 2 to 13 centimeters. Most I see are in the 4 to 5 centimeter range. It's typically visualized as a low attenuation or cystic lesion arising off the pancreas. Density values from minus 5 to plus 5. It often appears to be really exophytic and can be confused as duplication cysts off the stomach, lesions arising from the spleen, kidney, or primary mesenteric process like a mesenteric cyst. 
It's often uh, unilocular, and the, th the septations are indeed very thin. Here's a nice example, lesion in the three centimeter range, coming off the gland, or is it coming off the stomach? Hard to tell. Or in this case, it's coming off the inferior aspect of the, uh, the pancreas projected anteriorly. Again, could this be stomach? Could this be a duplication cyst? Could this be a mesenteric cyst? Those are indeed all possibilities. So we've looked at a number of cystic pancreatic lesions, and so we do have some key pearls. Cystic pancreatic lesions represent a wide range of pathologic processes from neuroendocrine tumors to cystic adenocarcinoma to benign lesions. There's, con there's considerable overlap from an imaging perspective, and indeed it can be challenging. Just think about those solid pancreatic serous adenomas. 3D imaging is very helpful in terms of staging, mapping, and surgical planning. Many lesions will require surgical resection due to diagnostic uncertainty, as well as malignant potential, which may be hard to determine. Um, in some places, cystic lesions, particularly if patients are symptomatic, anything above 3M is being resected. That tends to be the standard these days. And again, know the demographics. Cystic patient, cystic lesion, young patient, you gotta think of SPEN, okay? Middle age, whatever middle age means, tail of pancreas, MCN dilated duct, multiple, IPMN. So there is some logic, and you can do very well in reaching diagnoses. Now, another thing I should mention that we are seeing more of is pancreatic metastasis. That's not METs from the pancreas, but we're talking about metastasis to the pancreas. It's reported up to 11% of autopsy series in patients with advanced malignancy, and perhaps that's the point. Patients are living longer with different tumors, and so it's not a surprise, maybe, that unusual metastasis like pancreas may show up more frequently. Uh, in clinical series, it makes up less than 5% of all pancreatic malignancies, but I think those numbers are increasing. The diagnosis of metastasis to pancreas has important clinical implications, both from a survival and a treatment perspective. And now it may be picked up as part of the initial presentation with a patient staging, or maybe picked up 10 to 15 years later, typical renal cell in a patient with routine follow-up. So when you look at pancreatic metastasis or metastasis of pancreas, most common organ by far is renal cell, then lung, breast, colon, melanoma, and leiomyosarcoma. In this article by Palmowski, 22 of 29 patients had renal cell carcinomas. Colon was number two in this series. Uh, Tan wrote an article looking at the patterns of lesions that were metastatic, and he came across several important patterns that he was trying to use to help distinguish metastatic disease from primary disease. It's not simple, to be honest. Mets can be solitary, most commonly 80%, can be multiple, and can be diffuse tumor infiltration. Most metastases have some enhancement compared to adenocarcinoma, which is typically hypodense. And in fact, metastases, particularly from renal, look more like a neuroendocrine tumor than anything else. Vascular invasion is less common with metastases, and most cases of METs to the pancreas are silent lesions that are picked up while restaging or refollowing the patient. Now, here's a good example. If I look only at this lesion, 35-year-old, I see a mass in the head of the pancreas obstructing the pancreatic duct. Pancreatic adenocarcinoma, no problem. Look at the transition point, no problem. Well, this patient had a complex history, had a history of a myxoid liposarcoma a number of years earlier, and sure enough, what happened? Patient had a Whipple's procedure done, and now this was 
metastatic disease. This was metastatic myxoid liposarcoma presenting as the head of the pancreas tumor. Very impressive. Or this patient with breast cancer. Men with breast cancer worry about gastric metastasis, but also this whole BRCA2. And sure enough, here's a mass in the body of the pancreas. It's denser, obstructing the pancreatic duct. You can see beautiful perfusion changes, distal body and tail. Beautiful example of a duct cutoff sign in a patient with a pancreatic lesion, pancreatic carcinoma. Again, good visualization in this case. Another example, mass head of pancreas. There it is, subtle, biopsy proven metastatic melanoma to head of the pancreas. So melanoma, we are seeing getting more metastasis to the region of the head of the pancreas. Again, in this case, it's a subtle lesion. It could be a primary, absolutely. But again, metastasis should be considered. We never found it very commonly. Now we are finding it much more frequently. Now, renal cell is the most interesting one to me because this one gives you vascular mets, which is not uncommon for renal cell, but what's interesting here is you're not going to make this diagnosis of pancreatic mets at time of initial presentation. The average patient presents with metastasis to the pancreas from renal cell 10 to 15 years after the original surgery. These patients are doing fine, unexpected finding. Now, the good news is when these are resected, patients often do very well. So again, it may be a solitary lesion or multiple lesions in the pancreas, but only pancreas versus pancreas and other organs like liver or adenopathy. Great example, vascular lesion tail of the pancreas. Any other case, any other patient, I'm telling you, this is a neuroendocrine tumor 100% of the time. But this patient has a right nephrectomy. You got a nephrectomy that's metastatic renal cell carcinoma to the pancreas. Very, very nicely shown in that case. Another example, you can see how nicely the vessel feeds the tumor. Uh, very good example of a vascular metastasis from renal cell carcinoma. And again, the interesting thing about renal cell, these metastases often occur 10 to 15 years after the primary tumor was resected, patient was considered cured. This is just an incidental recurrence, but you've saved the patient's life. Now, it's often subtle. Here's another case, metastatic renal cell. Look at that forcedotomy of vascular metastasis in the patient's pancreas. There it is again. And again, beautifully shown. But if I show you the venous face images, it's gone. You don't see a mass here. It looks like the pancreas body and tail is a bit prominent. It falls posteriorly, but you don't see a mass present. This is the classic issue with metastatic renal cell in general, but particularly to uh, pancreas and to liver. Very easy to miss what were very obvious lesions. Another example. Here's another case. Look at the pancreatic head. There are multiple lesions present in the pancreatic head, ranging from a sonometer to less than two sonometers. Multiple lesions are seen. There's also metastasis to the contralateral kidney. Again, all very nicely shown vascular lesions. So again, um, one can see the extent of involvement. MIP imaging can be very helpful in this regard, really helping show you the specific lesions. And look at this case. Look how many metastases there are to the patient's pancreas. Again, very, very impressive. This patient will need a total pancreatectomy. That was sub subsequently done, and the patient is doing okay at this point. So you can see metastases are rare, but you need to look for them. Technique is everything. Renal cell, you better be doing dual-phase vascular imaging, or you're going to miss lots of lesions. So concluding with metastasis, it's an uncommon 
but becoming a more common entity. It's an important diagnosis. It will change treatment and treatment options for the patient. Again, keep in mind past clinical history. Again, think about the primary tumors. Think about uh, you know, tumors of the kidney. Think about tumors of the lung. And think about melanoma. So I've gone through some of the unusual tumors that we need to think about. Some are a bit unusual, but not too unusual. We have things like SPEN, think young patients, MCN, think females, think older patients. We got a tumor for you to pay attention to and learn more about. And with that, I'll thank you for your attention, and we'll see you next week.